It really is uh, good to be here with you guys. Um, it just kind of struck me that, that Mike kind of reminds me of what I think Jesus would look like if he lived more than 33 years. <laughs> Maybe not the glasses, but... It is kind of amazing how our, our lives have uh, intertwined, particularly over the last 20 years, and I really appreciate you, man. And um, I, I know that you've already applauded them a couple times, but Eli and Kylie, um, they, so we're an hour, obviously an hour behind you guys. So they, I think they got up and left the house at about 5.30 this morning. So you have my permission to sleep through... <laughs> Not that I control your life, but yeah, it really is good to be here. Um, it was, uh, yeah, so I, after yesterday, I thought perhaps God was punishing me by having me come talk to a church in Georgia after the Auburn game. I, I could go without that. <laughs> Whoever, who, who did that? <laughs> go or maybe God's punishing me I don't know it's like okay we'll schedule you the day after the Auburn Georgia game no 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 it's supposed to be a rivalry right but it's hard for it to be claimed a rivalry when we've lost consistently for the last number of years gosh it's like daggers where where are you it's like daggers. War, War Eagle, thank you very much. I really am very excited to be with you, and, and my wife was able to come this morning and, um, and be here. Southwest, most of, you, most of you may not realize, Southwest holds a very dear place in our hearts. Before we left for, for Auburn, we were on staff at Southwest uh, for four years, and um, and I've really come to realize, I think, over the last um, little while, that Southwest, God really used Southwest to give us a foundation um, in the Atlanta area. I grew up in the Atlanta area, but my wife's from California, and we met and married in California. Um, but when, when, um, when we came to Southwest, um, you know, that was a huge thing for her to leave her family behind in California. Uh, but we felt like it was what God wanted to do, wanted us to do, and so we came to Southwest. And then four years later, when Auburn called, um, you know, the idea of moving to Alabama was tough. Um, and I, I remember, I'm going to embarrass her on this, but I remember Laura saying one time, do they, do they have, like, video recorders there no <laughs> yeah. but um yeah but southwest for for us really set the foundation in place for us to be able to go to auburn and and do the campus ministry in auburn uh, the relationships that we established here have been long long lasting we have been leading uh, acf auburn christian fellowship for the last 28 and a half years uh, which just blows me away. Um, Craig, I was telling the folks earlier, <clears throat> when I was at Southwest, Craig was a summer intern. 
Well, you, you were in college, right? Yeah. Craig was the one that we sent to get, like, hospital beds and um, pick people up and take them places. And, um, yeah, 28 years later, here you are. Um, anyways, Tisha was in high school when we came here. No, yeah, yeah, she was in high school when we came here. So it's been, it's been awesome, and um, it's been a long time, but I am so thankful for this church. Um, you have, you were a part of, of Auburn Christian Fellowship th for much longer than I've been there. So ACF is, we're now in our 43rd year uh, working among the students at Auburn University. Dean and Jill started it in 1979. And Southwest was there in the very beginning providing leadership and financial support and love and care. And um, ACF wouldn't have happened and wouldn't be happening without you all, your, your love and support. And so we are so, so thankful um, for you. We're thankful, Laura and I and our family are thankful for you personally but as a, as a mission ministry of um, the kingdom in Auburn, we're so thankful for you. I know a number of you have been aware of the stuff that has been happening uh, with my family the last month or so. Jonathan, my son-in-law, uh, my whole daughter and, and grandkids and son-in-law contracted COVID uh, back at the end of August. Jonathan got really, really sick. And, um, and so he, he, but he's come through it. He's convalescing at our house. Um, he's still on oxygen. He's been out of work for a month and a half now. Um, and they've been so good in allowing him that time. Uh, and he'll be on oxygen at least until the end of the month, perhaps longer. Um, and, and we are just thankful that he's still uh, with us and with our daughter and grandkids so uh, but having you all send notes people here calling us and caring for us um, just means so much more than you can even uh, understand and our daughter Rachel some of you have been aware Rachel is a global scope missionary in Montevideo Uruguay she was on the team that planted that ministry and um, she got married during COVID back in February and when things were really closed down and that was hard for us and then she um, <laughs> she was almost immediately with child and um, and has been doing great until just recently there have been some complications they've been trying to figure things out it looks like maybe it has something to do with blood flow and but the baby's not growing as as uh, they expect she will and so she rachel's been on bed rest and having to have blood thinner shots and it seems like that's helping they're trying to get her to 37 weeks right now i think we're starting the 36 so some of you've been praying for that as well and and um i just thank you i thank you for remembering our family and I thank you for your involvement in ACF. I'm really biased, obviously, um, but it's amazing to me when I, when I take time to step back and think about what God has done 
in this little ministry, through this little ministry community, working among the students of Auburn University over the last 83 years, 83, last 43. Yeah, I started when I was one. Um, this week I was thinking about the fact that we are closing in on over a hundred former students who came to Auburn to be a school teacher or to be an engineer or to be a pharmacist. Um, and somewhere along the line through the life of our community, they got connected to a people who's cared for them and loved them and invited them to go deeper, who's discipled them through leadership communities and just through the community in general, who uh, gave a part of their time and energy in their, in their time in Auburn to making friends and allowing God to work in their lives, um, who are now... Uh, in vocational ministry of some form, whether it's, a, you know, the campus ministries around the world with Global Scope or in children's ministries or youth ministries or preaching ministries or counseling ministries. It's crazy to think about from Auburn University, God's raised up at least 100 people who said, here I am, send me. That's pretty crazy. We've had close, not close to, we've had well over 100 students now who have interned with us, who've spent a year after they graduated because of what God was doing in the midst of our community uh, in their lives, who said, yeah, I'll, I want to stay another year. I want to invest in the next generation. I want to see what God has for me to do in, uh, in the world. Uh, I want to explore that more. And so... Um, they've decided to intern, or maybe they've become a resident with us. We have a, a second-year residency program. And uh, well over a, a hundred of those have taken that time, and about half of them, I think it's somewhere 53, 55% of them, uh, went on to be um, full, you know, um, in vocational ministry somewhere in the world, which is really awesome. But but for me, it's even more exciting that half of them haven't. That half of them came to Auburn to be a teacher or whatever it is, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer. They came to Auburn with this kind of dream and, and God got a hold of them and said, you know, something to their lives. And so they pursued that as well as this. And, and in the end, they decided, well, I really want, I really think God wants me to be a doctor, so I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a school teacher, I'm going to be a counselor, I'm going to be a business person. And so they're in those places now as, as followers of Jesus. Russ is a great example of this, Russ James, who was at Auburn when we, Laura and I, first showed up, your old Russ. Yeah. There's so many people, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of former students who are now engineers in all kinds of fields all over the world. One of the, one of the, of the girls that I think of um, came, to, came to Auburn, Elizabeth McCollum. She came to Auburn from Kentucky to be an aerospace engineer. And I know aerospace engineering is 
not exclusively Georgia Tech. <laughs> we have a pretty good one as well. And she got, <clears throat> she was deeply involved in our community. Her faith grew so much. But she sensed God's calling to be an engineer in Huntsville. So she got a job out of uh, Auburn with NASA. And she was an engineer. She was literally a rocket scientist. You know the saying, it doesn't take a rocket scientist? She was one. And it does take a rocket scientist. She's now, uh, over the years, God has opened doors for her. And now she works. She's a NASA engineer who works with Congress in Washington, D.C. to pass laws that have to do with the use of space. What's that? I didn't know anybody owned space. But apparently somebody does. And she's helping determine what laws govern the use of space. We have all kinds of former students who are teaching and leading in elementary schools and high schools and universities all over the country. Um, uh, Adam it was a guy who was almost contemporary with you guys, I think, Adam Clemens. Russ and Tisha were a part of our ministry while they were in Auburn. Uh, two years ago, just pre-pandemic, he was named the, the premier high school uh, principal in the state of Alabama. And I know that doesn't sound like much, <laughs> but it's pretty, pretty awesome. We have all kinds of former students who are in positions of leadership in international corporations or who are on the ground beginning businesses all over the place. We have all kinds of doctors and, and nurses who have been at the forefront of the pandemic stuff and people who are doing medical research and pharmacists and social workers and counselors and military officers and lawyers. And most of them now are becoming husbands and wives and moms and dads who are sending their kids to college now. One of the hardest things for me over the last five or six years is, is I'm starting, we are starting to get students in our ministry, in our ministry community, who are the, the offspring of people who were there when Laura and I first went there. It's so freaking weird. But they're getting involved and their lives are being changed and it's crazy. Their neighbors and their friends of people, who knows how many people, their church members and their church leaders, their youth leaders and their children's workers and their elders and their deacons. And there's, you know, there's real, one of the, there's just about no area of our cultural context that isn't somehow touched by people who were at some point a part of ACF. And I don't mean that we are like, you know, hundreds and millions of, of us, but, but the, we have people all over the place. And that's the amazing thing about campus ministry. That is why I've stayed in campus ministry for 28 and a half years. People ask me, are you going to retire there? And, and I, you know, I don't know. I want to do what God wants me to do. But 
anytime something comes up, and, and I don't get asked a lot, but there are things that come up, and I think, okay, Lord, is this what you want? And anytime I'm brought back to you, there's no ministry that I can think of that has this kind of reach and this kind of potential, the potential of campus ministry. Through campus ministry, we really do have the ability to spread the kingdom of God to the whole world. We not only have the ability, we have the opportunity. The students that we work with, right, for two, three, or four years, are, they're, like, they're like the, the dandelion pods, right? That, that the wind blows and, and it just scatters them. And who knows where they're going to land? But when they land those places, it, it, it's like every year sending out a whole bunch of missionaries. Every year, every year, year after year after year, Auburn, Georgia Tech, Emory, West Georgia, Georgia Southern, it's crazy when you stop and think about it, the potential, the opportunity, what's actually happening through campus ministry. That's, that is what campus ministry really is about. It's not, it's not providing a safe place for Christian students when they come to campus. That might be a part of it. It's not just hoping that students don't screw their lives up while they're on the university campus. That's maybe a side benefit. But ultimately, it is about spreading the kingdom of God to the entire world. And that's, I mean, when you stop and think about it, I'm not a biblical scholar, right? I don't consider myself a biblical scholar. But I don't think you need to even be close to being a biblical scholar to understand what we, the people of God, the redeemed people of God, the church, capital C Church, what, what all of this is about, what Southwest Christian Church, what Auburn Christian Fellowship, Georgia Tech CCF, Global Scope, CMF, what all of it is really all about, right? It's what, it's what we're here to do. Matthew 28 is one of my favorite sets of verses. If you've been in church for any length of time, you, I'm sure you know these verses. Um, but in, in Matthew 28, Jesus is, is meeting with the disciples. It's the end of everything for, for his personal interaction with them on an earthly level. And he gathers them on a mountain, and he says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's interesting, and I don't know if you realize this, this is Matthew's telling of the Jesus story, but all the others have something really similar. You might expect that, I guess. They're not, none of them are exactly the same, 
But at the end of his life, each, each disciple or each uh, writer of a gospel that ends his story with something like this, something Jesus said about, okay, it's time for you to go. Go and make disciples, Matthew says. In Mark, I think it says, go, and, go, I'm sending you to proclaim the gospel to all people. In Luke, um, well, in, in John, uh, John says, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. In Acts, Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. He says, when I want you to stay in Jerusalem. The last thing he said, I want you to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive power. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. The Apostle Paul, who Jesus captured on the road to Damascus, in, in 2 Corinthians, he writes to the, the church in Corinth, he says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them or not counting people's sins against them. And he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That we are now God's ambassadors to the world. As if, he says, God's making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. He made him who had no sin to be sin for us that we might become the children of God. God has commissioned us as ambassadors. One of my favorite verses over the last several years or sets of verses comes from the Apostle Peter who walked and talked with Jesus and was on, in on the go, go stuff. He says, he says, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. You're the people of God. He says, you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a nation of people set apart for God. You are a, a people for God's possession, to be possessed by God. But it's not for our good. It's that we might proclaim or we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It seems really, really clear, doesn't it? At least to me, it seems really, really clear why we are here. Why God has us here. Why, why God has left us here. Have you ever thought about that? I, you know, I say it every year to my student leaders and the people at ACF, somewhere along the line, if, if all of this, right, if all of this was just about us making it through life, so, uh, you know, kind of unscathed, so that when we're done with this life, we go to heaven, because that's really what it's about. Getting to heaven. Being united with God in heaven. Then, then, then 
it, it seems to me that God would be wise, you know, that when we, when we confess that Jesus is Lord and we confess our sin and accept Jesus as Lord and then, uh, make, you know, get baptized, whatever it is, that God doesn't just yank us out of this place. Because there's so much darkness. And there's so many opportunities for us to betray our faith. There's so much temptation and, and opportunities for us to lose faith. So, so if it was about gathering a bunch of people to get to heaven, then how come he just doesn't yank us out of here? It's because he's got something for us to do. He's got a reason for us to be here. It's for all those who don't yet know what we know. Who are still not reconnected with the God who desires them and desires to know them and desires them to know him. Who wants to reestablish that trust with him. Who wants people who were created for real life to find and have the life we were created for. The mission is not to gather every week for a good worship service. That's not a bad thing. It's not about having great fellowship, which is not a bad thing. There's a place for that, I think. The mission isn't to come and sit in a church service every week. Or to be nice people, to be better people, to be, yeah, until we die. It's not that we would somehow find a place that keeps us out of trouble and keeps us away from all the bad people in the world until we exit this place. And it's certainly, it's certainly wasn't about us sitting as judges of the ungodliness in the world we find ourselves in. The mission, sorry, the mission is for us to go. As the Father, as the Father sent Jesus out of love for us, so he sends us out of love for the world. For God so loved the world. We know those verses. For God so loved the world. Every day that we are here is a day that he sends us. That he says, go and make disciples. That he sends us to reconnect people to himself. In every place that we find ourselves. Every place that we go. We have a purpose to our lives. And it's to bring people back to reconnection with all of God's creation in love. To bring all of creation, to join God in bringing all creation back to a relationship with the one who created us in love. To love him. That's ultimately what ACF is about. That's ultimately, I think, what Southwest Christian Church 
is about, or at least it should be about. Perhaps you've heard, as I have over the last several years, particularly in times of crisis like this, that we found ourselves in, someone, maybe multiple someone, saying, I, I don't understand how you can believe in God. If God's so good and God's so loving, if God's really there, then why doesn't he blank? Why doesn't he do something about the darkness in our world? Why doesn't he do something about the pain and the suffering in our world? And that's a, that's a good question, and it's a, it's a tough one when you really sit down and think about it. But over time, my answer is consistently more and more that God has done something about the darkness in the world. He sent Jesus out of love for us to redeem the world. He sent Jesus who died to reconnect us with the resurrection life of God. And he sent you and me. You are the light of the world, Jesus said to the disciples. He sent us to bring light and healing to the world. That's what all this is about. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your work with us. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to working with university students all over the world, to expanding the kingdom of God through the lives of university students to the whole world. You make it possible for us to be at Auburn, to have small groups and free dinners, to have worship times, to have a place where students can hang out and play video games and ask questions about God, about relationships. You made it possible for us to do things like retreats and mission trips that, that literally change people's lives. I told the earlier, am I in the red yet? Yep, there I am. I told the first service the story. We, we were able last week to have our first retreat in two years which was really odd. I mean, we have th two or three retreats a year. And, um, and retreats for us are huge in building community and you know, getting students away from the struggles of everyday student life. And um, so we had 50 some students go with us, which was really awesome. Went to the beach um, and we baptized four students. Yeah, it was really cool. We baptized in the Gulf and have a great time celebrating that. Um, when we were when we were going, we we I knew that we were going to baptize three students, um, <clears throat> which was awesome. But Saturday night, a, a number of us were just sitting on the beach. It was about twelve thirty, one o'clock, somewhere in there in the morning sitting there talking about life, and I just mentioned that we were doing some baptisms. And uh, one of the students that was with us is a senior this year. He's in pre-law. Um, he's been a part of our community kind of since he was a freshman. 
Um, but particularly the last year and a half, he's been around so much more. <clears throat> he's uh, in, in our leadership teams. He's in one of our leadership groups. And over the years, it's, it's, he's, he's made it relatively clear, not in a combative way, that he doesn't believe in God and, um, or he didn't believe in God and wasn't a Christian, but uh, he's open to, to all kinds of stuff. So um, he, you know, came and got involved in our community. Um, anyways, I've been meeting with him this year as a leader. Uh, we just invite people, whether you're a Christian or not, particularly early on, you know, to come into our leadership group. It's the primary way that we disciple people. Um, but there's discipleship that goes on throughout the whole, the whole process. <clears throat> anyways, um, Mason has, has been, I think, really growing, particularly the last year and a half, really opening up to the community, sharing his life, uh, serving, loves to serve. Um, and we've had great conversations about God and about what he believes and where he's at. And all the while, I've just felt like he's really moving. Even though he wouldn't claim it, he's really moving in a Godward direction. So we're sitting on the beach. It's uh, one. It's almost one, 1230, a uh, number of us sitting on the beach. And I mentioned that we're baptizing folks. And he says, uh, just out loud, he says, maybe I should get baptized. And I was like, oh, you'd be interested in getting baptized? And he said, yeah, I mean, you know, why not? And, um, and I was like, well, that's, that's awesome, Mason. I didn't even know you were thinking about it. Um, so, so I sat there for a few moments, and the conversation was going, and I thought, well, now, wait a second. What does he, what does he really know? What does, he, where, what does he really believe? You know, I need to make sure that he understands what he's doing. So as nice as I could, I said, well, Mason, I think it's really important. I think it's awesome you want to do this. I just want to make sure you know what you're doing and and he said oh I know what I'm doing I know what I know what baptism's about and I was like okay <laughs> so we walked back across the street and I was just amazed because to, all of a sudden I started thinking about the story of the Ethiopian eunuch right who's who's visited Jerusalem he's on his way back to Ethiopia and he's stopped along the road and God sends Philip and Philip shows up and says, what are, you, what are you reading? He's reading the scriptures. He says, well, uh, it's a prophet. And he says, well, do you understand what it means? And he's like, how can I understand if no one explains it to me? And, and so the scripture says he started, he, Philip talked to him and said, this is, he laid out what it all means. And, and the Ethiopian eunuch after that, after his time with Philip, says, well, here's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? It wasn't an argument about, you know, the literalness of Genesis or whether someone was swallowed by a whale or whether the Bible's reliable. It was relationship. It was caring. It was a community of love that brought him along to where where I didn't have to argue with him about whether or not he should be baptized. It just was the natural outgrowth of what God was doing in his life. That's what this is all about. That's what God has called us to.
That's my prayer for ACF, and I, I pray that you'll continue to pray for us. I pray that you'll care enough to pray for us. That you'll come and visit us. You know, we'd love to have you come and see us. But that's our prayer for you guys, too. It's my prayer for us as God's people that we would see and hear and go wherever God desires to take us, to whomever God desires to take us. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Thank you, God, that 43 years ago you gave Dean and Jill the vision of having a campus ministry at Auburn that was connecting university students to your son Jesus, to his word and his community in a relationship that transforms all of life, all of their future life. God, thank you for the fruit that you've borne so amazingly through this little ministry in Auburn and how you have changed the world through it. I'm so humbled and honored, God, that we get to be a part of that. I'm thankful, Father, for this church, this local manifestation of your mission in the world. And God, help us remember that this is not a thing. It's, it's a missionary people. Help all of us, Lord, to open our eyes to the world around us, to open our lives to the world around us for your kingdom's sake, to use the time that we have left in this world, however many days or months or years or hours it might be, to reconnect all of your creation that you love so much that you gave your one and only son, to reconnect it all with you for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.